Okay. Welcome to the Speak the Language Podcast. I am here with Jordan and Troy. We are sitting in the Cottonmouth Camp House. When the last it's, time I did this? Back when we were elk hunting, huh? Me and you? Yeah. And Jordan? Something like that. Yeah, September. Last time I was on. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we were actually, that morning, we were getting ready to go elk hunting. The morning, Wilbur killed his bull. I don't even remember. Me neither. I do. We got up early, and we were sitting there, and we were, we were doing the podcast, and Wilbur walked in and brought us coffee, remember? Oh, yeah. I do remember that. I just couldn't remember what if that was the... Yeah, you don't invite me no more. No, I'm trying to remember the day Wilbur killed his bull. That was the last day we were there. Yeah. At the water hole, remember? I do remember that. And then... I don't know. All of it runs together. Um, <laughs> and here we are, January. That's what I'm saying. Seems this, like a year ago. This podcast is a day late because I didn't uh, honestly. It, I didn't realize what day it was. We got like midway through the day. We eat lunch. I was like, "Is today Monday?" Eh. Well, the holidays kind of jacked that up, yeah. so to speak. Everything happened in the middle of the week. But it's no excuse. I should have had it out. But here we are. We'll have it out by Monday night. Like I'll put it up tonight. So technically, it'll still be. <laughs> Out on Monday, <laughs> just not Monday morning. Uh, you never advertised Monday morning. No, I just said Monday, so I guess still sticking to what I said technically. Um, so we're just going to talk about what's been going on because that's the most interesting thing that we have to talk about. Well, Delta had a birthday. Delta had a birthday. Delta, Jordan's lab. Delta turned three years old this week. Getting up there. I feel like we've been over here for a month already, and it's yeah. January the 6th. Yeah, yeah. We've been here for four days. I don't Came know. on the second. Oh, yeah. I thought we'd been here since October. Well, I mean, you know, since we've been home. Oh, after the holidays? Yeah. Mm. I know the... Uh, but the days are so long this time of the year. I mean, you duck hunting in the morning... Deer hunting in the evening and attempting to deer hunt in the evening. No, well, that's yeah. It's kind of I think what we're going to talk about a little bit because it's kind of, jeez. Um. Yeah, it's it's like uh usually here's so here's where we sit. Usually, that first week back because we me and Jordan and I talked about it on the I'm sitting I don't know one of the two podcasts ago. Feels like we're in high school still because we have like a Christmas break that we go on. You know, like we hunt, hunt, hunt. They were like, Christmas, holidays, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. And then, uh, but usually when we come back after New Year's, historically, that first week back, which would be this week, we do really well with yeah. ducks and deer. And we've Sec- done we've done well on ducks, but deer. That second rut's kicking in, but yeah, we're kind of under the same scenario we were under last year. The only difference is, well, it shouldn't be the only difference. Yeah, I guess you could say the only difference is we're dealing with a, and what we talked about this all year, is a, a sheer drastic decrease in our deer herd I guess. Um, from last year's flood. And now we're flooding again. Yeah. We don't know how bad. Hopefully not that bad. Yeah, we know how bad. 41 feet. Four, 41 at the Vicksburg Gauge, which puts a lot of dirt underwater. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it gets a crest, and then how fast it's supposed to fall? It's supposed to fall on out long as we don't have a front hit in the Ohio River Valley. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't know because yeah. we didn't know it was going to do that last year either. Like, we thought yeah. we were like, well, 41, 43, then we're fine. Like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> kept on that sucker rising. shot up, and then it didn't leave. So, I think everyone that hunts along that river is just a little bit gun shy whenever they hear about a high river because you just, you don't know. Yeah. You hope. 
I hope. I hope that goes well, right no, back down. I'm no meteorologist, but I, I feel like after watching the weather this year and knowing we haven't had a very severe winter up north, so I don't think there's as much snow. I mean, you know, friends and that I have in Minnesota and places like that, there's just not the mm-hmm. amount of snow that they normally would have. So hopefully, and God willing, we don't have a um, big rush of water come down this spring. Yeah. I wish, yeah, the deer need it. Heck, the deer deserve it. I said, you almost, I mean, you they had to put up with so much when it does that to them, but I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see, like, next fall. Granted, the river does okay. I mean, if it comes up for a little while and then goes right back down, you know, I think it'll be fine. But I'm just interested to see what how they bounce back next year. I don't know what that'll be or what it'll look like. I mean, the Lord knows. Yeah. I don't think anybody knows. I don't know no. if anyone even has a good guess. Well, the one thing we do know is based on trail camera survey and all season long, knowing what bucks we have here outside of the ones we've killed. Now, whatever shows back up based on what we grow this year, you know, we, we know we got some three- and four-year-old deer that we put our eyes on this year, i.e. did put our eyes on and also got trail cam pictures of them. You know, if, if the stress level is very, very low and the food's good this coming summer, Ain't no telling what we'll have well, when it, it comes be. to that size. Yeah, it very well could be. Just you know, I hope they're all right. Oh, it'll be fine. The thing, the thing that that it's kind of like you, know, you think about what's going on in Australia right now with the fires, and you look at the fires that go on in California, and and you wonder how does that ever bounce back? And it's kind of the same scenario we're under. It's it's you know year after year after year we're getting flooded, 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 and jeez, man, how much water can you deal with? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what this was like before they had a levee system? Oh. Yeah, the Delta flood. I mean, you look at, you know, you look at old pictures and old books back, you know, the 1927 flood, but, I mean, this place used to just, just yeah. water everywhere. I've thought about that a lot. I don't, I don't know if it stayed as long as it does. Well, it dispersed so far. Yeah. Yeah, it couldn't have been as severe. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it just kind of funneled down in a little neck down here now rather than spread out. So, I don't yeah. know. So I'm sure it's still flooded, but it, it, pre- it couldn't have been as high, you yeah. know, because it just wasn't as contained. It's more concentrated. Mm. It's a lot of it. Yeah. And you didn't you didn't have the the agriculture that you got now. You know, back in those days, people farmed 100 acres, 150 acres was a lot because they did it by yeah. hand way and back when. Think about this: a hundred years ago, most of the delta down here was all big hardwoods. I think oh, huge. I think about that all the time. Little bitty tracks of, you know, open fields, and then just timber yeah, yeah. I, I mean I, Big li- timber. I literally think about that all the time not millions that, of acres of timber yeah, not that i have i have nothing against farmers gonna put that out but i just wish i could have seen what it looked like uh, before yeah. you know because i mean now it's ag everything's ag fields which i mean that's that's how the world turns we'd I get all it. starve to death yeah, if it I wasn't get, for the farmers i get it i absolutely get it it's, it's not a statement against farmers at all don't take it that way but i'm just saying i wish I could have seen that, yeah. you know, just to see it, just to see what it was like, because it had to be a completely different world. No levee yeah. system and just just hardwoods. Yeah. Hardwoods and small fields. Yeah. yeah. The people farmed. I, I, you know, growing up in south Louisiana, I used to love to talk to my aunts that were my great aunts that were older and and let them tell stories about what it looked like, what what used to be here, what was here. And you, you try to envision that, and you can't. I can only imagine. And there again, we'll be doing the same thing with our kids, grandchildren and everybody. You know, I remember when this was here and this was that. And 
Uh, it's it, and it changes so fast. You think it's it's slow, but it's not. It's fast. Mm-hmm. It's, you know what's the old song? He, um, tore down. How's that song go? Tore down and put up a parking lot. They paved paradise and yeah. put up a parking lot. Go. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, and and I, I can remember years and years ago my first couple of trips to Orlando turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. This would have back in the early nineties, and I went probably up to like 96 97 and then went back in like 2012 and it was like dang where'd all this come from from? yeah Yeah. unbelievable and the places i can remember turkey hunting now got malls and big hotels and it's like you know it's just growth talking about this place too i mean how many acres of land did we lose last year from water yeah think about it i mean that whole we had to put a whole new road, you know. Probably lost a hundred acres, or maybe or that much. Oh, I don't probably, know. Yeah, probably more than that. We don't know. I mean, all the way down that river bank. Yeah. I guess you'd have if you look at Google Earth in another year from now, you can kind of yeah. determine exactly yeah. what happened. You, you look know? at old maps and yeah. kind of cut off. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild to think about because you know, especially if you ride through there, and you can see some of it, you can see remnants of the old road where it got washed. And you're like, yeah, golly. I it see it, and I seen it in Louisiana after Hurricane Katrina. It's, it, you look at at aerials or maps. I mean, places that I used to ride around in the marsh as a kid. Now I drive in in there in a boat, and I don't even know where I'm at. Yeah, it's incredible how that, how that happens. Well, there's like that uh, right on that old road. There's that big pecan tree. We always had a stand. Yeah, it's laying in the river. It's gone. <laughs> You're like <laughs> it's crazy. Well, you always like. My first thought was that when I drove by it after the flood went down, and we came back this year. My first thought was. We take that stand out of that tree. <laughs> I don't remember. I hope we did. If we didn't, it's gone. Well, it's, like you always, I it, it never ceases to amaze me, like how much power that river has. You know what I mean? And not just in sheer terms of, I mean, like, I mean that big old pecan tree just gone, but it's just the, the it's fact the, it's the main vein of America. I mean, just to think about like th- that, like that has that that river think about all the properties down that river yeah all the in even like the 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 money that people spend inside those levees from commercial farming to recreational deer clubs to everything and it has all sits in that river's hands and here's the thing that river does not care <laughs> it does not care no. it can be nice to you or it could go no nope, i'm gonna flood again yep. and it's all it's all gone River think systems of, are incredible. Think about the Amazon and and the tidal surge that that thing has, mm. huh. and the water that comes up and down that thing every day. I just think about like like on the most minuscule level, like early early season when we were like struggling to find deer. Uh, right, you know, we had our food plots, and uh, like I said, this is minuscule compared to everything else. But we had that first rise in the river and that one the the no-name food plot that was a new food plot this year the prettiest one we had that all we were season. all super proud of yeah it was gone yeah gone jordan and i went in there one day to check it and it was nothing there the blind blind had a water line across it where the water went and yeah. it was just bare dirt and, it's, and you just I, I, you're constantly reminded like that river doesn't care it's mm-hmm. gonna do what it wants mm-hmm. to do and you just had better be prepared for it because if you're not yeah i mean it's, it's gonna get you well, one way or the other many a man had tried to stop it hadn't worked yet <laughs> it's gonna do what it's gonna do you know the thing that amazes me think about what we're doing here now have you ever thought that all three of us made the decision yesterday afternoon 
do y'all want to go deer hunting tomorrow? All three of us were like, no. Negative. <laughs> yeah, not many people would say that in their hunting on a place on the Mississippi River, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. But when you don't can't find a deer to hunt, or <laughs> well, it's, and, it's hard and, to go. And it's 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 knowing it's knowing and understanding, and based on what we've witnessed, how it's dwindled down to now, the deer just they're shut down and they're shut off, and they're done. Um, the cover's gone. The deer, the deer, what deer we have on here are in places that you just—it's to the point you just don't want to fool with them. Mm -hmm. You don't want to bother them. No, that's what me and Troy were talking about yesterday when we were sitting in Newground. Which again, like to her point, you've seen the Newground food plot in January on a typical January. Yeah, twenty-five. You know, twenty-five yeah. deer on a good day. We saw like six. And I told I told Troy I was like I kind of even if we saw a good shooter buck I was like I kind of just want to leave him be yeah you know and especially just, that that's on a good day when no water's up with the water being up you should see double that sometimes yeah. and yeah. I, I kind of just I said I just kind of want to leave him alone just like hey y'all just do your thing we'll see and, you next fall and my I've been thinking about you know trying to go find where they're at and try to go up in there and figure them out and I'm like if we go up in there and try to find them and end up oh. pushing them out they're gone yep gone gone and we did that you and i did made that it wasn't a mistake but we were trying to go on a spot that um early in the year you remember you and i walked in there was going to oak tree ladder and we walked in and all them deer were wadded up in there yeah and all we you know jordan i was walking i was looking at the ground jordan says look 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 about 30 of them and i don't know if it was 30 it may have been 10 it may have been 20 i don't know but and we got some trail cameras on another food plot which is the direction that those deer ran towards secret plot and Jordan and I got in a tree, and like 20 minutes after that, he starts getting picked. He starts getting text on his phone from that trail camera, and that food plot just filled up with deer. Basically, it was all those deer that we bumped, and they all yeah. just went to that food plot. <laughs> yeah. So it goes to tell you that right now they're all wadded up together, and the only cover that they got because usually the main cover here on Cottonmouth is cuckleberries, yeah, and and or red vine, or red vine, and when that stuff, when you have a good year, the cuckleberries are six, eight foot tall, and that's oh, where they yeah, bed up and lay. We don't have it this year. Like, I mean, we got some, but they're knee high. Yeah, it was the same thing at um when I was at Togo with Brad. He went to a spot, and it was a spot I'd actually filmed him in before in years prior. And I was looking at it, I was like, "This looks way different." And Brad said, "Yeah." He said, "We, you know, we thinned all this out, you know, hoping that you know sunlight, you know, thin the can, you know, so mm -hmm. sunlight could get down through the canopy." sunlight hit the forest floor thickens up you know perfect deer cover mm -hmm. and it you know but the river kept it so so you know so controlled like i mean it was still thick in there but not like it was right. not near like it was so yeah. you, it wasn't holding the number of deer that it usually did well you yeah. went from a six month eight month growing period to a two month growing period yeah you know and we had early frost this year in November. Yeah. We had colder weather in November than we've had all season. Yeah, we did. It's been a, it's been the strangest cottonmouth season that I've ever had, paired with the end of last season. Last season was different there at the end because the water doing like it did, and then coupling that with this year, it's it's just been. And you know, I, I've I've I remember hearing stories, and I've been a part of it one year. Um, case in point, in Canada. Um, an extreme snowfall and they shut deer season down because the deer we yarded up yep. wadded up and they just shut it down i've seen iowa 
I've seen Illinois on those really bad winter years where not that they shut the season down, but it's just it's to the point to where as a as a outdoorsman, as a conservationist, and as a warm-blooded human being, and don't get me wrong, there's some people that will go out there and just waylay them, but you look at what they got to go through to survive, and you sit there and think, man, I just don't have – I don't have to kill one that bad. I don't yeah. have to just take advantage of that situation that bad. And I'm, I'm hoping people that are listening to this maybe will chime in or send you some emails or mm-hmm. text or whatever. And, and let us know what kind of struggles they go through on their place, whether it's water, whether it's snow, whether it's wind, whether it's rain, whether it's fire. Uh, I'm most sure everybody has a little bit of something somewhere, drought. Yep. You know, we've been a part of that. I've, I've dealt with that in Texas before, even in New Mexico elk hunting. And I think th- the amazing thing is is how the animals, their self, a God, God-born, given, created creature can adapt and make it and survive. Yeah. And – as for us, if our cell phone goes dead, we freak out. <laughs> yeah, I'm the world's worst. Yeah, it's fat. It, it, I think I tell people all the time. It's like I don't think there's a white-tailed deer tougher than river deer. You know, it's amazing. It, 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 which me, like I was like, I was like, if I was one of these deer and this river is doing this, I'd go to heck with this. I'm finding somewhere else to live. And then if it ain't you know, the river, that may have been what they did. <laughs> that may, yeah, if it that ain't is, the river, it's mosquitoes. Yeah. It's the bugs, it's the snakes. One thing I can say about the deer inside the river, in the river basin and in the levee, they don't they don't deal with the ticks like most other deer in the country do. Yeah. Uh, because of the floods in the water. You get a few, but it ain't nothing like it was. One thing I've noticed year in year in and year out and you hear it from everybody and you hear it from biologists too those deer don't have the stress from the ticks mm-hmm. uh, they, but they do have the mosquitoes and the bugs oh yeah and no shortage on that Mm-mm. but two to change change the i guess the tone of this podcast so far to put this on a yeah, positive we're not note. trying to be oh woe was no, us no but so we're just we're just sharing how how we're dealing with what we're dealing with yeah, we struggle so, like everybody else oh yeah 100 percent but the 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 silver lining of this is since we decided to kind of take some focus off of deer hunting and we'll we'll probably do some more before the month is up oh, I we'll, know we'll, we'll do some more deer hunting but we, we will maybe probably we'll, i'm gonna go we'll, deer hunting i we'll, think i gotta get some more back straps at some point brad, brad and jimmy are both coming back and so i'm that's why i'm saying that like they're gonna want to go deer hunt some maybe um but uh the silver lining being you know mr jimmy primos is one go deer hunting he has not filled all his tags oh yeah yeah that's my point that's what i'm saying i was like i mean if it was up to me we would be doing what us three have been doing we've been focusing on ducks which yeah. is more fun anyway <laughs> well and the beauty about duck hunting is is you to me duck hunting's almost like That's my wife. I'll call her back. Um, to me, duck hunting is kind of like deer hunting out west. Um, you can scout them. You can see them. You can figure them out. And when the time's right, you go in there and get them. Yeah. And, when you know, it, it's, uh, it's been a very big breath of fresh air because last year for ducks was dismal. So the fact that we've had – some good hunts this week have been have been very it's been a, it's been nice a right, good change of pace well and when yeah. I, and, and and you say good hunts it's not like we're killing four or five limits no 
Well, but, one of those mornings we probably could have. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah, no complaints out of me. Yeah, just having there and enjoying that time and watching you two, y'all's dogs work to me, that's that's fun duck hunting. Yeah. I, growing up as a kid, I didn't, you know, goodness gracious, I wanted to kill them all. Yeah, the cool, one of the coolest parts to me was that first morning we duck hunted at uh, the first morning duck hunted. It was, yeah, when we, it was me and Jordan. Uh, first we had that big big just wad of them try to come in there at you know pretty yeah, much daybreak we're still getting you know getting set up and i looked i was over there putting a screw in a tree or something and i looked up and there's 50 or 60 ducks sitting in a decoy yeah all, like, like, could, all of a sudden you could hear them just <laughs> yeah that was wild and then we ended up it was a good it was i mean it was a great shoot and the two of us shot both of us shot our limit of mallards you know in in, mm-hmm. in mississippi if you don't know in uh mississippi and louisiana because we were in louisiana then um you get four mallards i think it's that way pretty much everywhere some places i, think, I, think, like, I don't know I, I know in like montana you get like six mallards i think so anyhow but eight 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 well here where we were in louisiana we you get four mallards and two off ducks something like that and uh we had both killed four mallards apiece. Yep. And there was steady mallards still coming. So it was actually kind of cool because me personally, I think, you know, everyone's kind of this way. I don't think it's too far of a reach. When you're still worried about filling your limit, you don't really focus on watching the ducks. And so, we, you know, these mallards are still coming in, and obviously we can't shoot them. Yeah, you're but, so worried about not spooking them or yeah. moving at the wrong time or – yeah, but so, when you're just watching, you can just huddle up next to a tree yeah. and be still. So that was pretty cool, you know, because we had several come in there, land in the decoys, and just, we're just getting to watch them do their thing without worrying about trying to kill them. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty special. It was that was a very good hunt, no doubt. It was fun watching it from my side of of the of the spectrum. It was real fun. And then, uh, so we went duck hunting the next morning. That hunt was kind of slow. Tried to deer hunt again. And that's after that deer hunt that afternoon is when we said, you know what, let's just put our focus on ducks. Then went duck hunting this morning, had another great hunt. And then you, so this morning, uh, at the end of the hunt, Jordan still had three ducks left on his limit. Yep, I killed uh, two gadwall and a widgeon this morning. Right. My very first widgeon, by the way. Yeah. Very proud of that and then troy was filming so he had a full limit so y'all two went ducking this afternoon and i went filming and you still had three ducks to shoot troy had all six yep and then y'all ended up with you killed three mallards right and and so finished off your limit and then troy killed three mallards and and two off ducks two three mallards and two ring necks ring necks can we talk a minute about here's we've never talked about this on you know here. why jordan did what he did this morning don't you oh I, yeah i'm no yeah. dummy he was watching them ducks yesterday afternoon he thought i'm not gonna kill all my ducks i want to hunt to see them <laughs> which is fine <laughs> look, look i don't blame him i'd have done the yeah. same thing which like i said <laughs> if y'all have seen me shoot you know i was trying to kill them this <laughs> which, morning which is like i said it doesn't bother me like i'm a i'm a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush kind of guy so I'm going to smoke them if you got them, you know. So Absolutely. Jordan wants to sit back and let, Heck, <laughs> if that's no. what he wants to do. This is like, all right, fine, I'll shoot them. I ain't killed enough ducks in my life not to shoot at them if I can. Um, but so here, let's talk about this because we did have that flock of uh, ringnecks, bluebills, whatever you call them, come in mm-hmm. and rolled them out. 
Where did the term trash duck come from? Anyone know? I'm not saying that's not a rhetorical question. I don't know. I don't, I don't know because coming from South Louisiana, I, I mean, I can remember as a kid, Lake Pontchartrain, if people that are listening know about Lake Pontchartrain and Lake Maripaul. I remember Lake Pontchartrain and Lake Maripaul where you would drive across the bridge and you couldn't see the water. There were so many blue bills, and, mm-hmm. which we called them dogrees back down there where I'm from, dogrees, blue bills, and you don't see them like you used to. But that was, man, that was, there's nothing more fun to shoot than those things. It's like shooting butterball teal. <laughs> and they're incredible. But, I just like even But I don't know where that came from. Yeah, I, yeah, even if it's not the term, where did that mindset come from? Those are trash dogs. Where did that well, come from? You know when 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 ducks. I, I think it. I think the term came honestly came when they got rid of the point system on ducks, uh-huh. and you know you had ten points, twenty points, and you can kill a hundred points was was um, what you could kill in a limit. Um, pintails were ten, mallards were twenty, if I remember, and it was fifteen. But anyway, and when that point system went away, and they started telling you how many ducks you could kill. You know, everybody always goes after the mallards. Well, that became the trash duck. Don't shoot that duck. That's not yeah. the duck you want to kill. And I feel like that's where it came from. You know, some people, I've heard some folks say the guys that hunt green timber, they call them trash ducks, but those ducks never come in green timber anyway. Yeah. So when I can't blame it on the on the guys that hunt flooded timber because I'm a big flooded timber guy guy myself when I get a chance to go. So I don't know. I think it has. A lot, I think it it may have something to do with that whole. It's possible. Um, point system going yeah. away. I just, well, like the thing with me is that like my first exposure to duck hunting was on public land in the Mississippi Delta. Mm-hmm. So you shot whatever duck was in your decoys yeah. or whichever one was close enough in shooting range. There was no like wait out for the mallards. No, Man, I never saw a mallard till I was probably 18. Yeah. You know, I grew up in Scott County. We shot wood ducks, and every once in a while, we killed a gadfly. Yeah. I, I, I told you my story about mallards yeah. today in the blind. I used yeah. to trade. You know, y'all were talking about pintails because yeah. we saw yeah. some this morning. And growing up in South Louisiana, around Venice and stuff like that, pintails were just you know, that was our duck. That and gray ducks. And I had some friends from up here in North Mississippi, and I used to trade out with them. I'd bring them down there. They'd kill pintails because they didn't have them up here. And I'd come up here and shoot greenheads because we didn't have greenheads in yeah. South Louisiana. Yeah. No, I get. I mean, for sure. I mean, they're, mallards are gorgeous duck, obviously. I love shooting mallards. Yeah. But, like, I, I can remember, like, it was like my first or second season duck hunting, again, on public land, not knowing anything. And, that honestly, that was one of the coolest things to me about duck hunting is at the time, you know, I was going with some friends of mine that knew what was going on, and I was still trying to piece it together. And I definitely did not know, you know, and I'm not the best at it now, but, you know, at least a little bit now I can see something flying and I can say, okay, that's mallards. Those sure. are, get, you know, kind of pick out what it is. Back in those days, I just saw duck, you know, and I'd shoot it. And I remember I shot a shoveler. And if anyone, if any duck gets shade for being a trash duck, it's probably bluebills and shovelers are the, are the worst two. That, Mergangers. Mergangers, too. Well, I shot a male shoveler. I didn't know what it was. I knew it was some kind of duck. I thought it was the coolest looking duck. Oh man, they're gorgeous. I went out there and picked it up and you know, my some of the guys that were with me were kinda of chuckling, knowing he shot a spoonie. I'm like, What is this? This is crazy this thing's cool looking, you it's know. Mallards with a big fat head, big fat <laughs> big fat nose. Look at his look at his bill. But you yeah. know what? I think a lot of it comes from uneducated people just hearing what other people say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And y'all hear me talk about poodles all the time. Coots. Yeah. And so many people give coots 
a, a bad rap because they think they're a nasty nasty duck they eat fish or yeah you know th- there's a very small few number of ducks that actually eat fish i eat fish i love fish <laughs> and i'm not 100 percent sure i've seen hooded mcgansers come up with minners in in their yeah. mouth in mm-hmm. the past as a kid yeah. um coots i'll be honest with you they migrate with snow geese they get here overnight they fly real high and when they get here they do nothing you can talk to any bass fisherman you know that's that's a professional bass fisherman that knows it if you find coots on the lake there's hydrilla there yeah that's their main source of food mm-hmm. they love hydrilla and they eat nothing but grass they don't eat fish and once they get here they're not a duck that flies back and forth like mallards do every day some of the best meat you'll ever eat the thighs and the legs on them absolutely incredible yeah that's what i, was, I think uh i can because again like i was kind of just introduced without those prejudices towards those different ducks because i just didn't know and i it was one time when i was in college i had a just a, a mess of ducks in the in the in the freezer that i hadn't cooked yet i mean it was like a just a smorgasbord yeah and i didn't have them separated but i knew that i mean there was mallards in there there was gadwall there was shoveler you know i mean there was all kind of stuff and uh them guys were like you know i ain't eating no shoveler i ain't eating no shoveler i just cooked them all in the same deal told them all it was all mallards and none of them ever knew who's gonna know no one's gonna know they're not gonna know no one's gonna know like, well, i did that a, to my dad it's one a predisposed time you know yeah i did that thinking. to my dad one time not with ducks but with fish yeah and grow, growing up on a trawl boat we always cooked on a boat and we'd caught a couple of big speckled trout one night while we were shrimping uh in in night rig and immediately once i got done cleaning all the shrimp i went downstairs i filleted those fish and i cooked them while i had a couple of mullets and my daddy used to always tell me he could tell the difference between speckled trout and any fish you want so i grabbed them mullets and i filleted them i was downstairs in in the in the galley cooking and normally when i'd cook i'd just reach up and hand him a plate mm-hmm. and i handed him that plate and he got to eating them fish and he says man them fish are so good blah 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 i said i said them first two i gave you you like that he says yeah man ain't nothing better than fresh trout i said that wasn't trout he said yeah it was i said no it wasn't a mullet and here's a man that grew up on a boat all his life yeah and he couldn't tell the difference between a mullet or a speckled trout when i yeah. cooked fried them and to me it's the same thing with a duck you know and y'all seen me in the last couple of days since we've been duck hunting I'm a fanatic about getting that meat cold quick. Right. Yep. Just like deer meat, just like hogs, just like any of that. And the key to ha- that stuff tasting good, i.e. the name trash duck, is taking care of them quick. Getting the guts out if you know you're going to have them all morning long sitting in the boat or something. Just shank the guts out and let that duck cool down. Mm-hmm. It's To me, it's great table fare. I, I, it's I mean, fantastic. You get the same thing about, uh, in which we don't hunt them a lot down here, just, but... You, I hear one snow goose is a terrible two. tasting goose. Mm-hmm. What was it? What was it two, two or three years ago? We mm. killed that whole mess of snow geese. Cooked them up. No one, no one turned their nose. Fed them to Jimmy it. one time in Canada, and he still to this day swears it wasn't snow geese. And I'm telling you, I said, what else did we kill? Because everyone, every it's one of those things. Like I wish I knew where that came from. Like snow geese does, they don't taste very good. I'm like, have you ever eaten? But one? you know what I struggle with when people say, they say, well, it has a wild taste well hello it's a wild animal <laughs> yeah that's what just, but that's the thing that gets me the most it's the same uh argument you hear you know when you say this is what you hear most of the time well snow goose i hate it doesn't taste good have you ever eaten it before no well how do you know mm-hmm. how do you know well, everybody calls them sky carp <laughs> yeah why they don't eat fish like how do you how do you know it tastes bad you haven't eaten any I eat the same stuff a regular goose eats. Yeah, There's I nothing don't. wrong with a snow goose. Ain't, yeah, I, I, I'm t- I've I've eaten snow goose. 
I've eaten Canada goose. I've eaten speckle belly. I've eaten ringnecks, scalp, shovelers. I don't now, know. Don't get me wrong. You pluck a snow goose like you would a regular duck. They can be tough because they fly a lot. Yeah. They they back and forth from daylight to dark, back and forth, flying all the time. Yeah, it can be a tough animal to eat. But if it's cooked right, anything can be cooked to the yeah. point of where it tastes good. If you take care of it and, and do the right thing with it. Look, 99.9% of the ducks or the geese you shoot are gut shot. I don't mm. care what you say. Try doing that with deer and see how bad it tastes. If you let they leave guts out of the deer and leave the guts in it and let it lay in the back of the truck for, you know, kill it at 6.30 in the morning and let it lay there till 11 o'clock in the day and see what it tastes like. That's yeah. a good point. It's not good. It's a good point. Yeah. I just, I, I didn't mean to get off on that tangent, but it made me, because I, I always, whenever we're hunting together, like, if we, if we see some bluebells coming, no one goes, are we going to shoot those? Everyone shoot. goes, are you on them? Are you? <laughs> I'm killing them, guys. <laughs> trash Look, duck. I don't judge ducks. Yeah, no. I'm, it's like turkeys. There's no, I'm not a species. Man, that's just a three-year-old or a two-year-old. Yeah, so what? <laughs> he gobbled. <laughs> yeah, a duck is a duck to me. It's and, called duck hunting. Yeah, it's not called I'm mallard really, hunting. Water, but that's me. That's water fouling. Um, but yeah, we kind of chased that longer than I expected to. It's but, okay. But I wanted to. Um, what are we doing? Uh, we can kind of wrap. Yeah, we've been going 33 minutes already. Uh, plans for the rest of the week. We'll close out on that. I know we're going to duck hunt tomorrow. In the morning. In the morning. Uh, then we're going to run home for a little bit. Be and back. who says you can't kill ducks on a 70 degree day? Yeah, good point. We did it today. Sure did. Did it today. But 70 we degrees, did have sunny. sun and wind. That's yeah. the key right there. Helps a lot. The, Helps key, the a key's lot. having ducks. That's, that the, that's the main key. <laughs> that is the and, key. And knowing where they want to exactly. be. Taking the time to scout and not just throwing a dart at it and hoping for the best. Yeah. Well, we ain't uh, never done that, have we? <laughs> <laughs> we got some dull darts <laughs> There's some trial and error involved. But that's that's how you do it. A couple yeah. of weeks ago when me and Troy was here, we was trying to figure out where to deer hunt at. I just took a pen and started throwing at the map over there. <laughs> well, look, the, the deer hunting right now, it's about what you have to do. But ducks, we have ducks here, so we have have that to work with. You yeah. can do some looking and find out what your best bet's going to be. And we didn't even really search that hard for ducks either. Yeah. So that's good. That's a good change. Yeah. I think so. So, yeah, that's our, our plan for the rest of the week. We're probably going to focus a lot on duck hunting while it's good. Deer hunt, if we feel so a mind to, we'll see. It'll pick back up. I, yeah. I think you'll see a little bit of a, a, a movement if, we, if we'd if we ever get a, a good front through here. We're getting yeah. these fronts that are coming through, and all they really are is a wind change. We're getting nor- going from a south wind to a northwest. It blows northwest for a day to half of a day. And then that afternoon is back out of the south again and warming up. Yeah, yeah, we need a thirty to forty degree change. Yeah. I would love that. I'd welcome it for the deer and the ducks. Yep. But yeah, so that's gonna. I think that's all we needed to cover: trash ducks, the river, deer, ducks, cottonmouth, Jimmy, at ATA. Stay away as long as you can. We've got it, Jimmy. Thanks for. <laughs> uh, so yeah, y'all got anything else to add, Jordan? Troy, we um, good? I, w- I would like to know what kind of response you get on that or some of the struggles that other people go through. Yeah. As we, we go through the same thing, and every every different part of the region has its own little something or the other. As a deer hunter, we all want to say it's the wind, but, it, you know, for us, it's the river. Yeah, the river. So, yeah, if um, 
feel free. The folks that listen to it know they always can reach out to us on the Facebook or the Instagram page. And the same applies if you have any more questions. Facebook, Instagram page, don't hesitate. Uh, we'll get to it one way or the other. But that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.